Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, bringing you the latest reports from the Whitetail Woods. And now, your host, Spencer Newharth. This is Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, powered by First Light. I am your host, Spencer Newharth, and this week we're talking about hunting December weather fronts. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio. This is episode 487, and this week again I am joined by Mark Kenyon, who is back home in Michigan and has a deer movement report for us. So what have you been seeing, Mark, as of late from your glassing and trail camera observations? Yeah, so I have not been out hunting really in Michigan in, well, a long time. It's been about a month since I've hunted in my home state because all the travel I've been doing, but I have been home since, I don't know, I've been home for five days or something like that and been able to do some glassing. I've done some camera move. I moved some cameras yesterday actually. And so I've been getting some new pictures in from the cell cams and here's what I've seen over the last couple of days. Uh, number one, yesterday while glassing and this morning in one of my cell cam pictures, I've seen bucks still fighting. So there's still some of that rutting activity happening, even though what today that we're recording, it's, you know, end of November when this episode comes out, it'll be the first day of December. There's still that kind of rutting stuff happening. So there's bucks fighting. And yesterday morning while watching down into a little fieldy area, I could watch from above. I saw a mature buck when I, when I say mature, like a three-year-old buck locked on a doe still. He was like on her heart, standing over her everywhere she went. He went. So, you know, that kind of thing is is still out there. So I think that's a really important thing to take note of. Uh, the second thing I think that might be of note, at least across parts of the northern half of the country, is we just had a system move through and drop a bunch of snow. And since that snow came through yesterday and over the last couple of days, uh, increased movement on the food sources. All my cameras that are over cut corn, combined corn, just blew up last night and this morning after we had three, four inches of snow dropped. So that's what I've seen so far. Um, kind of what I expect at this time of year. Deer moving more and more towards food and a little bit of that late rut kind of stuff still going. Those are my kind of headlines for what I'm seeing and, and what I would expect for this this period. Yeah, and you mentioned the snow, but it seems like following that snow now, like the day that this episode is going to drop on December 1, 
we're going to have like dang near some record breaking temperatures in the West as far as warm weather. I know the rest of the the country is seeing something similar. And when it comes to whitetail hunting and, and the weather, I know like we're so focused on it in October and we're so focused on it in November, but I think it's sort of forgotten about when we get to December and and personally, like I'm often just checking like wind directions and I'm not caring so much about precipitation or the air temperature and things like that, but it's, it's something that we should still factor into our setup. So what would you consider Mark, like good weather for December and bad weather for December? All right. So I want to preface this by saying that my perspective on how weather impacts deer in the late season has changed a little bit. There's been a slight evolution. And by that, I mean, well, let me first answer your question. Your question was, what's like ideal late season weather? And that best case scenario is extreme cold or extreme snow. Like you want that epic winter weather. I want a 30 degree temperature drop, or I want single digit temperatures or sub zero. I want six inches of fresh snow, anything like that, you know, it's hard to it's hard to put guarantees on anything, but just about every time you get that kind of weather event, the deer are really going to be on their feet and they're really going to be feeding heavy earlier in the day typically. So if you get that precipitation event, if you have those really cold temperatures, you've got a great situation for deer moving just a little bit more, moving during daylight just a little bit more, and being especially interested in food at this time of year. Because like right now, early December – Right on through the rest of the month, these deer are really doing one thing. They're recuperating from the rut, and they're trying to build up their fat reserves so they can survive the upcoming winter. So that means food, food, food. And if they have that really cold temperatures, it's even more important because they need those calories to stay warm and to stay alive. So if you've got that, I'm, I'm particularly excited. Now, the opposite of that would be really high temperatures. If you have really warm, really above average temperatures, generally that is going to suppress deer movement by some degree. It's at least not going to help things. Um, now my evolution has been this in the past. I would not hunt unless I had that really, really good weather, or at least I wouldn't hunt often. I would keep my best spots untouched all the way until I had that very best weather. And in a lot of cases, I think that is a good idea. If you've got a farm that you know you just hunt or if you have something that's managed and you know that nobody else is going to be mucking it up and if you can wait for those special events that you know couple times in the in the winter when you have those best case scenarios and slip in and swing for the fences on that big old buck you're after you know that's not a bad way to do it but what i will say at the same time is that you don't want to let the weather keep you from hunting and this is something that i've seen you know across the entire season right? Weather certainly helps. But at the same time, I've seen so many days where the weather's not supposed to be good, where, you know, such and such deer app and such and such predictor and blah, 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 blah. They're all like, oh, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. And then you go out there and you have a great hunt. And I think what that just keeps reminding me is that, you know, deer are wild animals. And no matter how well we think we know how they want to move and when they want to move, we don't know crap. Like deer are deer and you're never going to see them. You're never going to have a chance unless you're out there. So while I certainly will be excited when I get those really cold temperatures and I will prioritize going to my better places when I have those better conditions, I'm not going to let a weekend pass and not hunt because it's above average. I'll find somewhere I can still go because you never know. So 
save maybe your best places for those best days, but still get out there and be in a position to maybe take advantage of, you know, a wild piece of luck. You just never know. And then also remember that, you know, let the deer tell the story too. So if you can scout from afar, like I love scouting in the late season because this isn't the time of year when I personally like to volume hunt, you know, in the rut, it's just like hunt, 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 be out there as much as you possibly can. In the late season, I am a little bit more, um, I guess just more careful about how many times I go and when those times are. And so I want to make sure I'm getting a, a, a good bang for my buck when I do go. So often I will try to sit on a hilltop or get in an observation stand kind of outside of the action and watch. So I'm still out there. I'm still learning something. And then I can see, okay, you know what? Even though it's 45 degrees today, not so great. I saw that buck I'm after step out of this little bedding area 400 yards away, even on this day. So now I know, well, conditions be damned. He's moving. Now I can take a swing. Same thing can go for trail cameras, especially with cell cameras these days. Put those somewhere on a food source where you can learn what they're doing and watch those. If the deer are starting to move, even on those warm days, forget the weather. Trust what you're seeing. Go in there and hunt. Yeah. And that emphasis on doing some scouting in December, I think is really important. In 2018, I killed one of my biggest bucks with a muzzleloader in South Dakota. Um, I I hunted really hard for like 15 days, but a lot of those mornings, uh, although I had a gun in my hand, I I had no chance at killing a deer because I was set up so far away. I just wanted to glass what they were doing. And, And oftentimes what you'd see is however deer would exit a field in the morning, you'd often see them entering the same way in that evening. And it was a way to, you know, really make my evening hunts even more productive while, you know, sacrificing my mornings, which, which weren't going to be great quality anyways. And, and that emphasis on food and evenings is something you're going to hear about from all of our guests this week, which include David G. Arizzo in New York, Kyler Moppert in Louisiana, Doug Duran in Wisconsin, and then Vince Badiata in Tennessee. I love it. I'll tell you what, I want to leave folks with one last thought, and it's this. I know that November is gone right? We looked forward to November all year. It's this big, amped up, high anticipation event. And there's there's always, at least for me, a little bit of this um, letdown once November's gone. This thing that we dreamed of is now in the past. And we've got to wait a whole nother year to come to it again. And so for some people, that leads to, you know, quitting, putting in, you know, throwing it in for the year, being done hunting, or not thinking that we got any more chances left, feeling like, well, that's it. You know, what, what happened, happened. My best chances are behind me. I just want to remind you all that you will be wishing, you will be dreaming of these days of hunting again. A couple months from now, you'll be sitting there thinking, man, I wish I could hunt right now, but you can't because the season's closed. So while the season's still open, get out there and enjoy it still. And remember that anything can happen. I have had Many, many people have had a lot of success here in December. Several of my best Michigan bucks were killed the last few days of November, first few days of December. So there's a lot of good hunting ahead. There's still some rutting activity to be had. This good weather, like we talked about, can spur a lot of great activity. Um, So there are good times still out ahead of us. Don't miss them. Yeah, and if you need something to motivate you to get in the woods, we just had episode three of One Week in November drop on November 30th, so the day before this episode comes out. So it's already up. Uh, One of us kills a buck on that episode. And then episode four, five, six, seven, 
drops every Tuesday through the end of the year. And if you have been following along with one week in November, you'll be interested in what's happening over at our auction house. Now, in this current batch of items, which are up for auction for another 12 days, we have multiple things from one week in November. We have an entire one week in November package that includes things that we personally use, being you, me, Tony Peterson, and Clay Newcomb. Um, And these are some unique items that you can't find anywhere else, just like everything in our auction house. So in that auction house package with the one week in November group, you have things like Tony Peterson's bow that he used in the episode where he kills a buck. You have Clay Newcomb's arrow that he shot through a buck that he killed. You have some things for me like my blaze orange vest, which has blood on it from the deer that I killed. You have the Benchmade knife that I used to, to gut the deer. You have the first light dirt bag duffel that I hauled stuff around in. You have Mark's um, personal tree saddle that he used in the episode. That whole package is up for auction right now. And it currently already has a few bids and it's over $1,300. Now, if that's too rich for your blood, you don't care about uh, the arrow that, you know, clay shot or the bow that Tony was using. We have something that I know everyone's going to be interested in. And that is a whitetail gear package giveaway. Now, these are all brand new items. These are not things that we use, but it's basically um, replicating the items that we did use in one week in November. So you have things like binoculars, range finders from Vortex. You have FHF bino harness. You have tethered saddle and platforms and, and climbing sticks. Uh, you have a prime nexus bow. You have broadheads. You have multiple first light systems. Uh, some of our favorite ones like the Catalyst and, and Solitude. You have bench made knives, lacrosse boots, and it is free for you to enter this giveaway. All you have to do is go to store.themeateater.com. You're going to see our auction house there. And all you have to do is enter your email and you'll be entered to win this package. Um, so much cool stuff in there. And it's what we used on the show. And I'm not done plugging yet, Mark. We also have our reading materials for this week, which can be found in the description of this episode down below. The articles that are relevant for right now, we have How the Hunting Public Finds Quality Public Land Deer Hunting from Emily Kanner. Emily interviews the THP crew about locating overlooked public land across the country. And then we have three places to find a post-rut buck by you, Mark Kenyon. Mark goes over three spots that you should be looking for to find a buck in early December. And then from Tony Peterson, we have how to kill a late season buck from the ground. Tony discusses how to get it done from the ground with a bow after the rut is over. I love it. Looks like a great slate. Uh, highly recommend everyone follow through on that giveaway you mentioned. There's some sweet stuff in there. You didn't even mention, or at least I didn't hear you mention, the Timber Ninja climbing sticks, which are world-changing in my view. Um, so definitely go on over and get your hands on those. That's right. I didn't even bring up all the stuff that's in there. We don't, we don't have enough time. We've already gotten way over on time here. But yeah, go to the store.themedia.com, enter in that giveaway. Great. All Let's right, we, get to those reports. Talk to you next week, Mark. All right, and joining us online first is David G. Rizzo from New York from Tag and Brag. Now, David, in New York, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Oh, the past week, honestly, it's it's probably been about a 9. I think the combination of a little bit of a second swing of rut coming in, along with some very harsh weather up there this past year, forcing the deer onto the food, um, we we as a crew killed two bucks in the last week up there, one being our number one target buck. So 
I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's been on fire up there this last week and, and we took advantage of it. Yeah. That number one target buck you killed was an absolute slammer. Tell us about that hunt, David. Why were you in that spot and why did that buck want to be there? You know, we, we haven't seen this particular buck very much on trail camera, but watched them grow up all summer. And the place that I was hunting was, a is actually a combination of beans and corn. And we, we orchestrated or we constructed this field specifically for this time of year. When the conditions get harsh, it, we had about a foot of snow up there and it was an absolute blizzard when I went in and I was, I was on the food. I mean, that's what I was relying on. And I knew I had hunted there the day before a lot of deer. I saw, I think almost 30 deer on this four acre little food plot. And so I knew the deer were going to be hitting it with the harsh conditions up there. Sometimes I joke and say the harsher the conditions, the better opportunity you you have to kill one of these big mature New York bucks. And it, it paid dividends because I had probably 12 to 15 deer in front of me. And he came out at the bottom of the food plot and was on a, literally on a string and stopped in the middle of these deer at 38 yards. Never in my life did I think I would shoot a buck with a bow during rifle season up in New York, but to have it be my personal best and, and my first booner ever is, it's insane, man. It's insane. So what other food sources would you say are relevant right now for deer hunters in that part of the country? Um, it, beans and corn have been the hottest for us, but the deer have been hammering the turnips as well. I mean, really any late season food source that, you know, that, that you have on your property, the deer seem to be shifting to that a lot more afternoon movement, a lot less morning movement. So our, our morning hunts are probably going to be few and far between moving forward, but the afternoons, especially when the, when the weather conditions are right, are, are on fire right now. Do you notice a shift in bedding this time of year? Absolutely. We, we actually are seeing a lot more of our bucks that we watched all summer shift back onto our property where we have not seen them or had trail camera pictures of them in the last month, month and a half or so. So a lot of the bucks we watched grow up for the summer are shifting back. And this, the buck that I shot in particular was one of them. And like I said, the, the combination of the food and the harsh weather conditions are, are what did it for them. Historically in early December in a state like New York, what do you notice for sign making? You know, it's funny because the bucks actually just started to shift back to um, making some scrapes and hitting some of the more primary scrapes. Other than that, it's, it's nothing. The sign making is nothing crazy. You may get, you know, a few random scrapes here popping up. Um, but, it's, it's really nothing crazy. Honestly, this time of year up in New York, the weather conditions are typically so harsh that it's, it's really all about being on the food source and taking advantage of trying to get in between food and bedding area, you know, to, to get in front of them. In early December, where do you want to be running your trail cameras in New York? We've current or we've recently shifted all of our trail cameras to field edges, um, trying to pick up like trying to basically be on the best trail coming out into the food. And we'll have, we'll have two to three different cameras per, you know, two acre, three acre food plot. So we're really trying to collect as much information as we can on those food sources, because we know different bucks that we haven't seen in a while, or maybe that we've never seen before are moving back into these areas. 
going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in New York? You know what? I believe it's going to stay high. I believe it'll be probably right around an eight because look forecasting the weather for Thursday, Friday, Saturday up there. It looks like we're going to be getting some more snow, some more cold weather. And like I said, that's, that's the bread and butter this time of year is playing those weather fronts. We're going to have another one this week. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be on fire again. It'll be an eight. All right, David, congrats again on the amazing deer. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, and joining us on the line next is Kyler Moppert from Louisiana Bowhunter in Louisiana. Now, Kyler, in Louisiana, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, scale of 1 to 10, I'd probably put it at a 7 right now. Um, we've got uh, some good buck action happening with uh, cold fronts coming through. Um, obviously, a lot of people in the woods with um, Thanksgiving holiday and gun season kicking in recently. Um, but also seeing a lot of just general daytime movements on my cameras. And then a lot of people that I know that are reporting to us are seeing a lot of daytime movement as well as putting some good, uh, some good bucks on the ground. So when you're part of the state, what would you label the whitetails there as this phase of the rut? Uh, they're still in pre-rut. So um, kind of Northeast Louisiana is going to be pre-rut. I think main rut for this area is going to be in the next week or two. Um, and then a lot of the majority of the state area six is a big area that's going to be um, a heavy rut at the end of December, beginning of January. That's when uh, I would say at least 50% of the state is rutting in that point in time. So right now we're in kind of like sign making stage, starting to see a lot of, a lot of scrapes, a lot more rubs, rub lines. And because of that, and I guess the bucks are setting their territories, I'm getting a lot more action in the daytime and at night. Um, honestly, just very consistent daytime, sorry, consistent camera, um, movement. Whereas up until this point, it's been very, it's either been nocturnal or crepuscular, um, uh, with very little daytime or midday movement. If you're doing some in-season scouting right now in Louisiana, what are some things that you're looking for? Um, well, by now, all of the white oaks are, are, are done dropping. Um, which is uh, always a little a little sad because that's just such a heavily preferred food source early season through um, through maybe the first half of November, middle of October to first half of November. Um, right now, I'm getting a lot of action on um, uh, red oaks and pin oaks. Um, those are going to drop from about now into the end of the season, um, and then uh, a lot of the brows are starting to kind of clear out. We're not. It's not a, you, you get into an area with a lot of deer sign, you'll see little, um, uh, uh, every, every top of every browse has been snipped off or eaten by now. So I think that also has a lot to do with why deer are moving more frequently. They don't have to move 50 yards to eat and then go back late, lay down. They've got to move a couple hundred or something like that. So, um, right now it's still, um, still good to set up on food source, um, feed trees and, uh, oak flats, things like that. Um, but if you've got travel routes that are um, trails where you know a buck or, or does are using heavily, that's and something that's in between food sources and a travel route, then that's a, a great place to set up, set up on currently. You mentioned that daylight activity has been increasing. Do you notice better movement right now in the mornings or evenings in Louisiana? I'm seeing on camera 
me personally, I'm seeing better morning movement. When hunting, I'm seeing more deer in the evening. Um, now that's been very average for me. My whole hunting career is because obviously you're getting in trying to set up in the dark and the light and make noise and you don't know what you're pushing out of an area when you go in in the morning. So, um, but as far as activity goes, morning's been hot, but afternoons are, are, are still my favorite time to hunt. Um, and they're, they're both productive. In early December, where do you want to be running your trail cameras? Um, well, I started doing something uh, new in the last two years that's worked out well for me um, as I've become a little more educated on scrapes um, and sign making. I'm actually trying to position my cameras not directly on scrapes, but I would get more daytime photos of bucks being downwind of maybe 25 to 50 yards behind a scrape along what could be a travel route or a way in which a buck would try and get downwind of a scrape. So anywhere that's a, a slough edge, a, a swamp edge, a lake edge, whatever you want to say, um, that can be downwind from a scrape or, or, or some sort of sign making or even bedding, um, I'm seeing the most quality buck in the daytime downwind of very literal sign. You know, I, I used to be in the habit of hanging cameras right on top of a scrape like like it's the truman show and i'm always waiting for that star to show up and i wouldn't get anything till three in the morning and then i started putting cameras around that area on travel routes or pinch points or like i said boundary lines like water and i'm getting a lot more pictures and those deer are still checking those but they're just wind checking them from down they're not going up and peeing in them and refreshing them up during the day a lot of times they're just walking downwind and staying in the thick stuff so I've always been a fan of putting cameras on um, water boundaries, if you have that, which we hunt a lot of down here, um, and, uh, and, and, and seeing those deer that are skirting the edges trying to stay in the thick stuff or in the buck brush or something without exposing themselves out in the open. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Louisiana? I think it's going to stay a 7. Um, for the next week or two, um, and then quickly rise up to an eight as we get some more colder temps and Christmas gets closer and, and that pre-rut action heats up big time and we start to get a lot of rut action going. So I'm going to stick with the seven for the next week. All right, Kyler, great intel. Good luck with the rest of your season. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Spencer. All right, and joining us on the line next is Doug Duran, who you've seen and heard on Meat Eater and Wired to Hunt content in Wisconsin. Now, Doug, in Wisconsin, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of one to 10? Well, Spencer, I think we'd be at about a three or a four. We just finished our nine day uh, gun season. And with that big disruption, bucks have given up on breeding and are more concerned about security and, um, you know, refueling from the, from the rut. Um, so the, the, definitely the, the, activity the buck activity the rut activity is certainly down now you just killed a great buck last week with your rifle tell us about that haunt why were you in that area and why did that buck want to be there well it's an isolated area on the farm and it's a soybean uh uh field um on the neighbors and i was up there checking on a stand and as i came up around it's one of those areas that you creep up into and about 300 yards away i see this deer and clearly a buck i could see his antlers from that distance um i was there checking that field hoping to take an antlerless deer 
And, um, and there he is working his way from a bedding area out along the edge of a bean field. And uh, I watched him for 10 minutes as he kept working closer and closer to me. And he was completely distracted by eating those beans. He, he wasn't aware of me at all. And there was good reason for him to have been aware of me because it's a spot where <laughs> we often kill deer from. So it was really interesting to see that. It was a very windy day, and I think that had something to do with it too. That you know, he could probably couldn't hear much. Now, obviously, in a state like Wisconsin, big egg is really important to focus on in December. But what are some natural food sources, Doug, that you've noticed that whitetails key in on this time of year? Well, we don't have any snow on the ground right now, and we're seeing a lot of uh, activity late in the day. Um, where the deer are picking up on, you know, the green that's on the edge of the, the fields. And then they're in those brushy bottoms and areas where they can do a lot of browsing as well. Are you seeing any sign making right now on those field edges? I, not a lot. I mean, you'll see that a, a scrape will get tended like a hub scrape will, will have some activity in it. But um, from my cameras and stuff, I'm not seeing a whole lot of, uh, of, of scrapes and, and that sort of thing. Following Wisconsin's gun season, do you notice a shift in bedding at all on your property? Well, not so much with the does. Um, the, the antlerless deer seem to like those, those thermal covers. Like, uh, we've got some pine plantations and stuff like that, but, um, we do certainly notice that the bucks are a little more, uh, uh, they're down in, in bottoms and hidey holes and, you know, they're, they're, uh, looking for security. If you're doing a morning setup in early December, what does that look like? I know obviously your evening setup's going to be looking over a food source, but what does a morning setup look like for you in Wisconsin? Uh, well, we had a successful uh, muzzleloader uh, uh, hunt yesterday morning, and uh, my friend uh, Eric Cannonia and his wife were up, and uh, the does and fawns came out of uh, hardwoods, and they were heading into bedding in a, a pine plantation. They caught them in between. And we were set up for that. If you got to choose your ideal weather forecast for December, Doug, what is it that you'd be looking for? Well, I'd like a little less wind. I'd like to have some snow on the ground and those temperatures um, that we can all uh, stand. I, I'm not a guy who likes to have it real cold. Um, if I could have snow on the ground and temperatures in the 20s and low 30s, I'd be real happy. Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Wisconsin? I think it's going to still be down in that 3 to 4 range, but with a few days of calming, um, we may uh, pick up again, you know, another, another round of, uh, of breeding happening here in December also. All right, Doug, congrats again on the great buck. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Spencer. Happy to be here. All right, and joining us on the line last is Vince Badiata from the Chasing Public YouTube channel in Tennessee. Now, Vince, in Tennessee, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, lately, I would say it's probably around anywhere between a 6 to 7. Um, I would definitely say it's, it's past the, the peak breeding portion, um, but no question, uh, you can definitely catch a cruiser cruising around right now. Now, you just killed a great buck on Thanksgiving Day. Tell us about that hunt. Why were you in that area, and why did that buck want to be there? 
yeah, it was, uh, man, that was, that's definitely a hunt I'll never forget. Um, you know, that spot we actually scouted really hard during the summertime and, uh, we had a lot of good, a lot of good bucks around. Um, it looked like it had just not really been that pressured. Um, didn't see a lot of human sign or anything like that. Um, so it was definitely a spot that we were keeping our eye on. Um, and it had a lot of good, just natural food sources around there. So I knew it was going to be a spot, um, that I could pick up on the latter half of the season. And, um, I just thought, you know, it was Thanksgiving day. It had been raining all day. I figured, you know, there's probably wasn't any pressure there in the morning. Um, and we just decided to hang out there and, you know, whitetail luck. It just happened. It was, uh, it just, it just turned out in the right way. Um, earlier in the season, we did hunt that spot a few times, um, but we did end up having a lot of pressure there. So we kind of backed off it. And, and now it just seems like they just kind of filtered back in. In late November, early December in Tennessee, do you notice better movement in the morning or evening? I would say if you have the food sources in the evening, um, if not, then I would probably hunt the mornings right now. And what food sources are relevant right now in that part of the country? Anything green, uh, just natural browse, you know, clover, that type of stuff. If you have the hot, the, um, the hot acorn spots, so there's still acorns left over, I would definitely definitely be on those uh, but anything green you mentioned that it had been raining when you killed that buck what is the ideal weather that you're looking for in december in tennessee in december in tennessee i'm looking for where you have um like a three or four day stretch of just constant temperature and then if it gets you know even a drop of you know seven to ten degrees being this far south it's enough to be considered like a cold front or a cold snap. Um, and that really seems to be, to be putting deer on the feet. If you're doing some in season scouting this time of year, what are some things that you're looking for? Uh, I'm looking for big tracks, big tracks, fresh tracks. Um, and I'm looking for the actual concentrations of deer. Now that we're already past the actual peak breeding season or portion of the season, <clears throat> I'm looking for those concentrations of deer. I feel like if I can find those concentrations of deer, then, you know, as far as success rate, I'll just end up being more successful just in general, as far as being able to harvest more meat. Historically, when we get beyond that peak breeding day, what do you notice for sign making in Tennessee? I do notice once we start coming into December, um, that I will start to get more and more bucks coming back through and checking on their on their normal scrape patterns um you know there's a portion of there through november where they just stop uh, once they come into december they do start checking those um but i really focus more on the food side than the sign making to be honest once it comes into december going forward then in this next week or so what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to ten in tennessee i'd say it's probably anywhere between a four to six and a half. There's better parts of Tennessee where it is very mountainous and I'm not too familiar on that side. Uh, but where I'm at in middle Tennessee, where the train is a, a, a little more approachable. Um, it just seems during that time, once we hit into December, if you can find the concentration of deer, you're still going to get your good bucks. You may not get that one slammer that comes through, but you're still going to have quality deer that come through.
Art Vince, congrats again on the great deer. Thanks for joining me. All right, man. Appreciate it, Spencer. And that concludes this week's episode of Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio. Thanks to David, Kyler, Doug, and Vince for joining me. And thank you guys for listening. As a reminder, you can find this week's reading materials linked in the description of this episode, as well as a link to the one week in November gear package giveaway. Again, that is totally free to enter. And if you go there and enter your email address, you're going to be in the running for a whole bunch of great gear that you saw us use in one week in November. As we've heard many big buck killers say, the late season can be the great season. So I hope you're still out there and still after some whitetails. And I will talk to you next week. But until then, stay wired to haunt. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Hey, everybody knows Weber Grills. I've been using Weber Grills my whole life, and check it out. They got a pellet grill, the Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Now, with a pellet grill, you can smoke, roast, and sear on the same grill. You can go from low and slow, okay, on smoke boost mode, or crank this thing all the way to a heat sear at 600 degrees. It's got a full great sear zone so you can put more food on the flame. Get fired up for your new Weber Searwood pellet grill.